It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Women wrapped up in blankets and they're looking for food. It's the saddest thing I've ever witnessed. Trust is a human emotion. And for some reason, we've embedded trust in social media. I thought about you, but I did get it because you've given us so much airtime. Thank you so much. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Is it just me? Maybe it is, and we'll talk about this later in the morning. We'll have a little catch-up with Moiraid, who was at that press conference yesterday. But is it just me, or can you hear the guards saying, well, we know an awful lot more than we're telling you. We just need the right people to help us pull this together. Is, is that just me imagining it, or are you hearing that too? We'll talk about that uh, later on in the morning coming up to the 26th anniversary next week of the murder of Sophie Toscan Duplantier. Also very sad news overnight or into this morning from Balangiri, this fatal road accident at a place called Drum Analig in Balangiri. Early hours of the morning, it's the worst nightmare. Car collided with some pedestrians one woman in her early 50s has died. Body taken to CUH for a post-mortem. Two other pedestrians injured, seriously injured. Driver of the car and his passengers uninjured. The area was sealed off up to a little while ago anyway. Whether it's open or not yet, I do not know. Guardy appealing for witnesses and the guards at McCroom investigating that. As you've been hearing during the morning, confidential line is one 800 666 111, but your thoughts would have to be with the families of everybody involved in that. Everybody involved in that RTA, particularly, of course, the family of the woman who has died and her friends who were injured. But your thoughts would have to go out as well to the poor devil who was driving the car because you don't set out to do that on your way out anywhere at night. So my thoughts would be very much with the family of those injured and, and killed, but you'd also have to think of of the poor devil and his 
friends who were in the car with him. 0818 96 96 96. Now, look out there this morning. It's dirty and wet and damp. But the freezing weather would appear to have been at least put on pause in this part of the world. Uh, We all thought we were in for a week of hard frost and ice and maybe sleet. And then yesterday it started to rain at around half past four. It began to look like a temporary thaw. But everyone is still talking about been freezing up the country and we're hearing more freezing weather coming back towards the end of the week. So let's talk to the man who always makes the call, Alan O'Reilly from Carla Weather. Alan, is this just a blip, a temporary reprieve for this part of the country? Is there more frost and ice coming? Morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's, it's a temporary reprieve in some ways, but it could be the delivering of a lot of problems um, because... The band of rain, sleet and hill snow has come a little bit further north than the weather models have shown. So you have temperatures on the coast that are up to five degrees, but then you only need to go as far as Mallow under one degrees. Yeah. So, you know, if you're near the coast and you're heading maybe up the country a little bit or even in the country a little bit, just just don't be fooled by the fact that it's it might be grand and, you know, four or five degrees where you are, because as you head into inland, it is colder. Now, that's going to pull away, that rain and sleet is going to pull away and it's going to pull in colder air in behind it. So I wouldn't rule out some flurries of snow, not on the coast now, but further inland this morning as it pulls away. But the problem is, PJ, it's going to freeze again um, now tonight. Now, it's probably not going to be too far below zero near uh, Cork tonight, but it's still inland areas will see uh, frost and ice. And obviously after that rain has fallen, the ground is going to be wet. So, you know, easy as you go later tonight and tomorrow. And unfortunately, I think Wednesday night is probably going to be the coldest night of this spell now, I think. Um, We're looking at minus 10 degrees in the Midlands. But even looking at, say, Mallow is looking at minus 5, minus 6 degrees um, tomorrow night. Um, and temperatures are not really going to get too too high inland at all. Like even today, maybe two or three degrees and same again tomorrow and then down to minus five, minus six Wednesday night and then Thursday, maybe two degrees. And again, frost again Thursday night. Friday, still very cold, two or three degrees. Um, Saturday, still cold, but things will begin to feel a little bit less cold. Mm. Um, and then... At the moment, it's very interesting. Sunday, definitely the south coast will see milder air on Sunday. There's, yeah. there's, there's no doubt, I think, about that. I come back to that, but the frost is yeah. returning. So tonight and definitely tomorrow night. So down on top of wet, damp roads, we need to get the gritters out in Cork is the message. Now, I saw, I saw from your Twitter this morning that, yeah, you're looking into next week now, as you as you tend to do. So you're talking about early next week, a bit of a reprieve, and then we really do not know yet what's happening for Christmas, but it could get very cold again. Yeah, so I think Sunday is going to be wet and windy. Um, so if you plans for Sunday, it's looking wet and windy at the moment, but we're back up to 12 degrees. So there'll be a good thaw on Sunday, um, if anybody has frozen pipes or anything like that. Um, and Monday will also be mild. The problem is it's now beginning to look like a mild blip rather than a return to normality because some of the weather models are reintroducing cool, not as cold, but much cooler air again from Tuesday. Um, But there's a lot of uncertainty from Sunday onwards. And some of the weather models, now some, 
are showing the potential for a reload of really cold weather in the run-up to Christmas. Yeah. I'd say it's probably 50-50 at the moment. I wouldn't be going down to the bookies now and putting my house on uh, on a white Christmas or anything, yeah. but it, it does show that there is a risk of cold coming back again, so we mightn't be out of the, the frosty uh, December weather just yet when, when we get over this snap this week. The last time we were talking, Alan, you were referring to this weather system out in the Atlantic, this storm, and it's mm-hmm. behaviour would predict a lot. Are we clearer on what it's doing? Yeah, so it's pulling away to the south. So rather than, I suppose, this, if this rain that you have in Cork had to come up across the country, we would have had mild air falling in behind it and we'd all be getting wet and windy and maybe 10 degrees for the next few days. But instead, it's going to get pushed back and it's going to push back around to the south of us. So it's going to pull in that much colder air from the north again, which is why temperatures are going to drop back really uh, tomorrow, especially as I say, Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night are going to be very cold nights. So that low pressure is doing that. The next one then comes up um, towards us on Sunday and as I say that one does look likely it's going to barrel through mm. but where it heads off again um, could pull back in more cold air from the northwest this time rather than from the northeast so it is a change in direction but the the, the upper profile of the Atlantic and, and blocking and whether high pressure keeps yeah. keeps in place or not increases our chance of cold coming back again around Christmas so that, that's something now that I'm watching with great interest and the weather models had shown kind of a fairly confident return to mild weather for much of next week. But as I said, that has now flipped yeah. and it looks like a very sudden and kind of short-lived mild spell now Sunday and Monday. It really is like three fat old boxers trying to get the better of each other, isn't it, Alan? <laughs> it certainly is. The cold the cold and the and the warm air do, do love to have a bit of a ding-dong. And, and things like, it's funny, things like the, the snow in England can make a difference because when you have snow cover and um, it, the cold tends to hang on that bit longer. Um, so, you know, there's there's always these little subtle changes. And it could be that, you know, Cork could be 12 degrees next Monday and it could be 4 degrees in Donegal as well yes. because, you know, the, 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 the milder air will certainly make it up towards the south, but it may not even make it as far as, you know, the Midlands mm-hmm. or, or the northern half of the country. So it's something to keep an eye on. But if you're if you're looking for a respite from the heating bills, Sunday and Monday will be, will be the days. All right. And we're looking at frost returning overnight tonight and certainly overnight tomorrow, uh, a harder frost again. Alan, thank you as always, Alan O'Reilly of uh, Carlo Weather. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's ahead of most of the others. Uh, he really is. Knows what he's at. So this is a reprieve, but the cold weather is coming back. So there will be frost, more frost tonight, even more severe frost tomorrow night. A break at the weekend. And after the weekend, nobody knows just yet. Nobody knows for sure. 0818 96 96 96. Do you know, we were talking yesterday morning about the people sleeping on the streets and this old, there's a bed for everybody thing that keeps coming out from the establishment and in the midst of all of that we got a a really sad story from Dublin it's not the first, it won't be the last but it just happens to, unfortunately it won't be the last, but it just happens to come on this uh, last evening, young woman died while living rough on the streets of Dublin news shared by a Facebook page Lending a Hand it's run by local volunteers she slept passed away in a tent in Dublin in the last few days and as the 
man himself, Bernard O'Hare, would tell you. Uh, we've had that happen here in Cork too. It just doesn't get talked about very much. 0818969696. Is there really a bed for everyone? They were telling us again last night, Simon Community, for whom I have the greatest of respect, will say they turn nobody away. They were saying it again uh, on all of their platforms yesterday and again this morning. They will turn nobody away. And you have to take them at their word of that. And to be fair, the great people involved in our own Simon community locally, Paul Sheehan and all the team down there, they will do their absolute level best. But they are slam busy. They are slam busy. Is there a bed for everybody that wants one? The answer, unfortunately, is still no. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas with your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. You guys ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive home weekdays from four on Cork's 96 FM. This Christmas could be very merry and bright if you can figure out our Christmas cash stars. It's back again this week, and there's 10 grand up for grabs if you can tell us who our three celebrities are. Christmas cash stars. We'll be making those calls on the big drive home. We got some celebrities popping by with their favorite Christmas thing, and we'll sort you out with the best music mix for going home time in Cork. So join me every weekday from four. The big drive home, Cork's. 96 FM. Now, yesterday morning, Lord Mayor Deirdre Ford joined us on the show. She'd been briefed by her officials. They had said to her, there's a bed for everybody who wants it in Cork at the moment. Um, whenever they need a bed, they can find a bed. That's the... Christi- or Katrina Toomey was on the line uh, just minutes before that, and she is said time and time again, that is not true. There are also people who just will not go in off the street. We don't know why. That's a matter for themselves. That Their lives have been affected by whatever they've been through and for, the, for reasons best known to themselves, impossible for us to understand. They won't go in out of this. But Con, you've come across evidence in the last few days that there actually is not a bed for anybody who wants it. It's a myth. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What uh, did you find? I have, like I was walking my dog the other night and I came across this poor soul in a tent in a shop way and y'all, it's, it's not something that we we see very often, being honest, and I was kind of shocked when I saw that. Um, so I went over and just tried to get in touch with him through the tent and he, he, there was no one there, so I came back later that night, maybe around 12pm with some blankets and like a hot water bottle and stuff like that. And he came out to the tent, uh, he was only a young man in his early 20s, so on the first night, anyway, I, I just passed him the blankets and the hot water bottle and stuff like that, and I headed away home. But I couldn't sleep for the whole night thinking about the poor man. It was minus six that night. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tell you, I was cold in my own bed, so I can imagine how he was sleeping in a tent in a, in, in a damp doorway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is is he gone? Is he still there? He was he was there for a day after I put an appeal out on Facebook. Uh, uh, for a lot of people donated, we got him a new tent, new sleeping bags, sleeping mats. There was clothes bought for him up in up in uh, up in Duns. There was food dropped to him. Uh, so we kind of we'd kind of done what we could for the first couple of days, and then. I was coming home after after a point there the other night, and I said I'd stop by just to see how he was, and he was packing up his stuff. Yeah. And he said he was off to Waterford on the last bus, 
so he kind of took his stuff then, but he actually missed that bus then, and yeah, he was found at the post office later that night by myself again, just wrapped in a blanket. So I, I, I offered. I said, "Would you come to my own house, like for the night?" I said, "It's absolutely freezing." So he said he didn't want to go. Um, I offered that to him a few times. He refused. So on the way back, I stopped in at the guards and I said, "Look, there's a guy sleeping on a blanket, like on bench up above, wrapped in a blanket." I said, "Would you go up and ask him? Would he come with you? Maybe he doesn't trust me, or you know, we don't know what. Like, like you said, we don't know what, what's going on in their past. He might have trust trust issues or something like that." They they said they offered him twice and he refused as well. But look, in the morning I went down again. He was gone. I cleaned up his stuff that he had left. I packed him up, and I'm, I, I, I'll hold on to him in case he needs him again. So hopefully he's after finding a place now. But he said he was caught between Cork and Waterford that he could get a bed in Waterford one night. And yeah. then he told, your bed is in Cork the next night. So he was thinking y'all was the best place. It was in the middle of both places, you know. So literally he was waiting to see what call he'd get, and he'd get a bus. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, has, he has a bus pass. He's on disabilities, he told me. Yeah. Um, so that's a like young like chap, you say. Yeah, only in his twenties. He was telling me he was from Douglas. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and he has an issue with walking as well. You can see he's kind of he kind of has a limp a, a limp on him. So he was telling me he was on disability. That's how he's getting his money in. Like okay. so. But, um, you, you wonder, don't you, Con, why it is that with an offer, and that was a very, very kind offer to, to bring him in and put him up for the night. You'd you'd wonder why someone. What's going on in a person's head or what yeah. has happened to them that they won't take kindness yeah. like that. But your point is, he was in a doorway in a tent because he couldn't find a bed. He was living in Yall, in a doorway in Yall, to say where he'd get a bed, would it be Waterford or Cork at any given yeah. day? Yeah, it could change at any moment, he says. That's mad. He could be promised one night in Cork and he, he could be told Waterford the next night. Yes. Like they just they just expect yeah. him to up sticks and get on a bus. Yeah, softened, mm. softened. Yeah, and the, when 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 you hear the statement coming out, there's a bed for everybody who wants one. You're like, yeah, fine, but it's in the next county. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like if it's it's an hour by car, even an hour and a half by car. So, yeah, and it, like if you're homeless, you you're not going to have much money. So, how are you going to be paying for a bus up and down to all these places? Yes. They're going to want to be eating, eating food to keep herself alive, not paying for travel to get to these beds that are so-called there, you know. And I don't know, I haven't been to y'all in, in a while, um, Con, but would there be a lot of vacant places there? There's a load of places down around here that aren't lived in. Loads of them. There must be at least 100, if not 200 houses that aren't being lived in in y'all at the moment. Yes, you can't get a place to rent. And if you do get a place to rent, the prices are extortionate. Yes. Yes. I know there's so, lots of apartment blocks down there that aren't full. Uh, well, at the moment now, they're being done up, but a lot of people, so like a lot of people, have probably bought them and they have plenty of money and they're not living in the country and they're just lying there idle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's over 40, like in the, in the whole of Ireland, there's, there's over maybe 50,000 homes that aren't being used that are in livable condition along with along with the others that are probably not in livable but something could be done with them you know it's warmer than a doorway oh talk to me about it yeah yeah vacant vacant houses everywhere and not one to sleep in yeah yeah I know 
Con. It's terrible. You're a kind and decent human being for what you try to do for that lad, and I know you'll keep an eye out for him when you're wandering home from your point, from your, your point of an evening. Yeah, sure, I do what I can. Listen, if someone is down and out, you can't help. You can't help but help their, whoever it is, poor unfortunate soul. And there's, there's many of them in Ireland that needs our help as well. So, like, I'm urging anybody that if, you know, if they can do anything at all for anyone that's down on their luck, even if it's the case of buying a sandwich and a bottle of water, just, you know, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Con, thank you very much. You're a kind and decent human being. Appreciate the call. 0818 96 96 96. Now, the roads are grand this morning, but listening to Alan O'Reilly of Carly Weather and listening to others as well uh, from the various weather forecasters, the cold is not gone and the ice will be back. You've already had one bad experience, Paula. What happened to you? Morning. Morning, PJ. Yes, um, on Friday evening, um, I was uh, heading home. I decided I better do a bit of grocery shopping uh, because of the temperature fall of, uh, due over the weekend. And I live very much in the sticks um, and generally stick to the, the main road, but uh, decided that I would take uh, one of the secondary roads mm. um, and travelling down it, unfortunately, went into a skid. Um, and there's quite a large verge, about an eight foot drop on one side. Um, so somebody, I was a bit of a damsel in distress, PJ, but somebody did come to my aid, which I was very thankful for. Bit of a drop on one side, that's saying something. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, now, I mean, I've lived where I've lived for the last 23 years, so I'm, I'm very conscious of uh, the road conditions, you know, leaving early in the morning. Uh, we are on a hill, so generally we would put the car down at the end of the road, um, at night time to make sure we didn't have to, to deal with that in the morning and generally I do drive a, an old SUV um, which is manual and had been taught very well by my father to stick it into second gear mm-hmm. and don't push too much on the brakes but actually I changed to an electric vehicle earlier this year um, so it's an automatic and actually it was just the, you know did not know what, what the best thing to do in yeah, that scenario there's was a, there's a thing this came up over the weekend and I'll be talking to Geraldine Herbert from the Sunday Independent in a little while about this whole thing and other related issues like there's such a difference in driving an electric because it is automatic and, and all of what you learned about driving into or out of or around or through a skid it doesn't yes. apply does it? doesn't seem to anyway, PJ. I was very fortunate to have my 18-year-old son sitting in the car with me who was Googling um, as we were <laughs> in skid, mid-skid to, to work out what we should um, have been doing. But yeah, it certainly was a, a, a case of not feeling in control. And as I say, a very lovely uh, gentleman stopped. But um, as he was trying to help me, a car came around a junction very quickly and nearly ran into him and the car uh, that he stopped as well. But thankfully, I, I managed to get on a, on a grass um, verge yeah. next to it uh, and managed to um, move slightly sideways down onto the main road um, and, and he supports by stopping the traffic as well. But as I say, it's just, you know, uh, having uh, driven a manual and uh, known what to do for so long, it, yes. it, it was something I didn't even consider it um, as part of uh, driving an automatic and EV. So hopefully I might learn something from your, your next guest. We'll see what she, we'll see what she has to say because the, the ice is coming back and the secondary yeah. roads are not gridded. And in fairness, I live on Maryborough Hill and it's always dead safe because they grit and they salt it whenever the roads are bad. But any roads, secondary roads off that, and down where you are, secondary roads 
are not gritted, they're not salted. So there's a lovely, safe main road. She nearly kills have getting to it. <laughs> well, that's true. And I think, look, we're, we're, we're all very used to it when you do live on the countryside. And I have some amazing neighbours, farmers, who are around to, to pull cars out of ditches, etc. But it just, uh, normally, we, you know, you do think of it in advance. Right. You do plan ahead and give yourself that um, additional time in the morning for, for travelling as well. But um, in this instance, as I say, just because of the fact that I wasn't in the normal car I'd be dealing with the, the icy roads with, um, it, it did put me in predicament and it just shows, you know, it can happen so easily even if you are yeah. very careful and doing the right thing. Um, you know, these, these things c- can happen so quickly. And everything that you were taught when driving a manual is gone out the window. Paula, thank you. Stay safe on them roads. That's uh, Paula Cogan. What is the story in an electric or all-automatic vehicle? Because they behave differently to the way we were all taught. We were all taught, go down into the gear, gear down, revs up, steer accordingly, just bring yourself under control. We all learn to do it. Sometimes in a very split second, you, you learn to do it. But what do you do now with all the new electric ve- electric vehicles? And how are they going to behave in the cold? Geraldine Herbert, motor- motoring editor for the Sunday Independent, has been driving pretty much every electric vehicle on the road for her column over the last couple of years. I'll talk to her next. For non-stop Christmas hits. Non-stop Christmas hits. My Christmas present for you. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss. Streaming online now. With Blackpool gift cards. They're the best with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping. Pure Christmas. Pure Blackpool. Download our app or see 96fm.ie. So, Geraldine, you've driven uh, in the course of your work pretty much every electric car that's on the road right now. Is it different in a skid situation? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, well, for automatic cars, full stop, it is a bit different because you don't have that level of control you have in a manual car. So you're really just depending on braking and braking very gently, easing your foot off the accelerator. Now, some of the automatic cars do have a plus or minus on them, so you can actually manually adjust the gears so if you can do that you have a bit more control but generally PJ it's, it really does come down to just taking you know what you don't want are any sort of abrupt movements so you don't want to slam on the brakes so you don't want to slam on the accelerator it's just very gentle driving ease off the throttle and just j- brake gently and just the advice is always in a skid to steer into the skid but that advice normally goes out the window for most people so what I usually tell people is just point the, the wheel in the direction you want to travel in just calm down and just it'll slowly come back to, to con- full control yeah, it, you, you will get it back because you'll come out of the patch of ice and if you have yeah. control coming out of the patch of ice, you, you, you'll be okay. The thing about it is we were always taught, weren't we, Ger, on an icy road, low gear. But yeah, on, an, on, on an automatic, you've no choice. Yeah, I think what you need to be doing at all times, though, is like controlling your speed is the key thing in this sort of weather, PJ. And don't be intimidated by people behind you who want you to go a bit faster. Just do the speed that you can you can manage and you can cope with. And the speed that allows you to read the road ahead, that's the big thing. You don't want to have to suddenly stop. So if you're going to have to stop, you want to know well in advance. Start bringing the car slowly to it, to um, slowly down. And just, you know, by taking your foot off the accelerator, it'll gently slow down itself. When you're coming to bends, prepare for that. If you're going downhill, reduce your speed before you get there. So it's all about driving slow enough to be able to read the road. And remember, your stopping distance 
vastly increased. So there's none of this two or three times stopping distance. It's much, much greater. So you have to be going slowly. Very good. With regard to electric cars and the cold, Ger, I would have thought, and again, I've not driven one, but I would have thought that you're going to eat up battery reserves very quickly if you're trying to stay warm in this weather. To be honest, that's not the case anymore. It was when they first came on the market and it was like literally everything you did at up the battery and you could see it, you know, literally just to please in front of you. Now a lot of the newer ones have what um, heat pumps and basically what they do is they take the strain from the, the battery for all of these things that you're running in the car so they're not actually drawing from the battery. Mm. So they're getting more better and better and most of them now, I mean, well, all of them are tested in very, very cold conditions but I mean, no car likes cold weather, not the kind of weather we're getting at the moment. I saw people on Twitter posting up minus eight yesterday morning. Whether you're an electric car, a petrol or diesel, cars don't like that sort of conditions. But no, electric cars are getting much, much better. If you have an older one, you will see a drain on the battery, but definitely the newer ones are getting much better at coping with all sorts of weather. So these are like the heat pumps that are going on the side of modern insulated houses, that they take the air and that's, yeah, generally the very same principle wow. that they're not, so you're not drawing from the electric battery when you're putting these things on and when you're availing of these things to warm up yourself. Or, so you know, the battery the is controlling the pump and it doesn't matter what the temperature is, the battery is controlling the pump and that's it. Yeah. Wow. That's they're getting very advanced, PJ. They are. Well, you see, you're talking, I'm, and I really am, in all, in all my years driving, I'm driving since I was 19 years old, I've never driven an automatic in my life. I know, you told me this before, and I don't know how you ever went on holidays and hired a car and didn't I insisted, get one. I insisted on a, on a manual. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you must have got the only one in, in the place. They must have had to reserve it months in advance. In, ma- in, ma- in many places they were, yeah. You see, I, I, w- I found it more, uh, or easier rather, to reverse my position than to even contemplate automatic. I know, I must try one one of these days. Ger, thank you, as always, Geraldine Herbert. She's motoring editor for the Sunday Independent. So at least you're not going to eat up your battery in an electric car, but just be careful wherever you are. Speed down is the message. Has anybody had a skid in an electric in the last couple of mornings, or has anyone had an experience in the electric that, that kind of was different to what they had before, if you know what I mean. Other than Paula, Paula had no idea what to do because everything she'd learnt was kind of gone out the window. Um, but she was okay afterwards, and whoever came along and helped her, fair play. 0818 96 96 96. Hi, PJ and team. Merry Christmas. With regards to the one bed for everyone, or a bed for everyone, why don't the people who are coming out with this information put their theory to the test? They should go out with their clipboards around town and put the homeless into all these so-called available places. They obviously know where the beds are. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Seasonal regards from Craig, the trucker. The year that John Lennon was killed, they, they brought that song out again, and I absolutely loved it. And then it went to number one a couple of Christmases later. And I remember getting a present for Christmas of a stereo. No. Younger people will be wondering, what's he talking about? A stereo. A stereo, you got a record player and a cassette player and a radio all in one. A three-in-one, these call them. A stereo. And I had it for years afterwards. But I got my present of my stereo. And on the stereo was that record on Christmas Day. Always remember it. Actually, we sent Richard out over the last few days to look at some of the best and worst Christmas presents that everybody anybody ever got. And we'll, we'll have a listen to that. 
during the morning or definitely before the end of the week, I want you to think of yours because you're running into the last mad, crazy shopping weekend. What's the worst present you ever got? The best present you ever got? The one that brings back the memories? That one for me, Mysterio with John Lennon on it. 45, little record. Happy memory. 0818 96 96 96. This is a photograph of a truck with a load of what looks like pallets, but it could be anything. I can't see from it. It's a kind of a uh, fuzzy picture, but it's down the door Danmai Road, I think, is it, lads? And it's gotten stuck under the bridge uh, down there on the Lord Landmy Road. Oh, God, of all the things to be happening. And someone coming up behind it sent us the picture. Thank you. 0818-969696. I have an automatic. There's a shift lock to keep it in gear. I have an L gear, too, for ice and steep hills. The Japanese cars are magic, PJ. Mine has an immobilizer before you start. Okay. William says, I'm a taxi driver using an electric car. Uh, many of my friends are. They're great in icy weather, apart from losing 100 kilometres of range due to the cold. That's kind of different to what Geraldine was saying, but you, it's, that's your lived experience. Actually, there's a thing. I, I don't know if this is true, and I forgot to ask Geraldine, typical. If you do your driving test in an electric car, does that limit you to driving automatics? Because I know if you drove an automatic for your test before, you were only covered for automatics. I presume if you drive an electric car in your driving test, you are only covered for automatics after that. 0818-969696. Kevin sent us some screenshots. Because, Kevin, you are a, a prepay power customer. That's where you get your electricity. You've sent us some screenshots. The prices have gone through the roof in just the last week or two. Morning, Morning. Um, yeah, PJ, look, um, I've been with prepaid power for years, probably about four or five years, and I love being on the fact that I get to control the usage that I have. I get to see what I pay for, and I pay for it as I go. I don't get a big lump bill in two months' time, mm-hmm. you know, which suits me down to the ground. I'm paid weekly, and I, it's easier for me to manage. Now, for the last, my last 20 top-ups this year so far, it's been about 50 quid every eight days sometimes seven, so most of the time it's eight days. And that's the way, right the way through from the summer, right the way through up until the end of November. And I know the price of energy has gone up from what have you. And we have a busy household. There's four of us here. and Their youngest is doing her leaving cert. The other one's in college. So you can imagine the gadgets and everything that's on the go in the house. Yeah. But I thought 50 quid every eight days, that, that's okay. I can manage that. That's fine. Hmm. But my last top up was I topped up at the beginning of December seventy euro. Right. Six six days later, I had to top up another seventy euro, and then four days later, I had to top up another seventy euro again. Wow! And that scared the living daylights out of me. Now, what additional power are you using, Kevin? Okay. Well, I'm looking at my Christmas lights at the minute, and they're LED. Now, right. granted, it's colder. It's the nights are darker, so the light, there's a bit more lighting going on in the house, as natural light. We swapped doing our washing and drying in the evening now, after 7 p.m., yeah. uh, rather than what we were doing is like through the day when someone was home, throw a load of washing in, throw a drying in, and just get it done that way. We've, we're doing, the, we're doing basically, we're taking the advice that's being given out yeah. everywhere, yeah. and we're trying to be as energy efficient as possible. 
And I, bar, I suppose there's I've a couple of electric heaters in the house to warm up the rooms, but not to the extent where you'd use seventy euro in four days. I mean, that's what's worrying me most is the fact that if you if I pan that seventy euro over four days out over the space of a two month period, that's nearly a thousand euro bill. If I was on for you know a two monthly bill like most people who are yeah. who are not on prepay the look i suppose it's good in a way that i can see this in front of me when i need to top up you know, I, the alarm will go in or i'll get a ping on my phone yeah but if you're sat at home and you're getting your bill every two months and you've just paid your bill and you've had your 200 quid off the government and you get to the you know you're going through now the, the darkest time the coldest time yeah of the year so your next bill might come in January or February you could really be accruing a big one at home at the end of January if you don't see it in front of you and I just can't get over I can't be the only one who's on prepay meters oh there's there's thousands of them out there and the thing is like you said you're, you're paying it up front and all of that you got you did get the credit now I've someone yeah. on the phone to me who can tell me how how's that applied to you I mean to me my last bill and to be fair and give give credit where it's due it took a fine bite out of my last bill yeah. I was happy to see it but how did it work with your meter does it just land no what what happens is when you're registered with prepay power you I upload I get I buy my my uh my prepaid voucher really on my phone app. So you, they already have my phone number. All they did is they sent me a code through via text message and I just take the code and enter it into my digital reader on the wall here. Okay. And it, it worked absolutely fine. The same way it did last time. That side of it is absolutely perfect. It just, they literally just issue you the code and right. away you go. Your way stays. That was in November. And to, to be fair, that lasted, that 200 euro lasted me the bones of three and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is what I expected it to last. You know, I expected it to last about that long because of what I'd been spending all the way up through from August right the way through November. Yeah. And have prepay put up their rates, do you know? As far as I know, at the beginning of December, they put up their rates for the fourth time this year up by up 9.9% on their tariff rate. So, I mean, that's a big hike. And um, the thing is, it's basically swallowing up everything, every bit of savings now that you're making, say, on petrol. Because I live in a rural area, petrol is, it's no, there is no public service, so you're driving everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we're putting the bones of probably 100 euro a week into the car and petrol. Oh, so the mileage still has to get done. So yeah. if it's, at the moment, it's 155 a litre at the pump. It's coming down a bit, yeah. It's come down a good chunk. But when it was €2.20 Euro a litre or €2.10 a litre, the same mileage still had to be covered. Yeah. We still had to go to work, so had to go and do our shopping. We couldn't, you know, leave the car and go and get a bus. We still had to do the same mileage. It just, it just cost more. But what we're saving now in petrol prices, I'm hiking into the meter. And what's really starting to worry me is if I'm having to pay 70 quid a week and I'm just, a, we're just a normal family for Imagine, like, my mum, when she passed away last earlier in the year, hmm. she was on an oxygen machine. The house had to be a certain temperature. Yeah. So it was, there was an oxygen machine going 24-7. If you're in a situation and you're on a fixed income yeah. and that meter needs feeding and you have a machine next to you that is keeping you going, 
You know, if you don't know where to ask for help, and a lot of people I've noticed in this country, especially over the age and older, they don't like asking for help. Mm. But it's so important that either there needs to be a regulator needs to look at the pricing of what's going on because I can't believe for a second that this price rise, given the cost of fuel that everywhere else is coming down, yeah, it is justified for one. And the second, the second side of it, are people who are really in a vulnerable state really starting to hurt and hemorrhage here going into Christmas and into the new year? What worries me, Kevin, and I heard my friend Paddy O'Brien talking about it on another programme only in the last couple of days, is people, older people, sitting in their hat and coat all day long in weather like this just because they're afraid to run up a bill. I'm just really worried with the way this is going. I think, the, the, you know, we're all going to get 200 quid in January, in January and again, the 200 quid in March was fantastic. It'll soften the blow. But whereas the one I got in November gave me three and a half weeks. Yeah. This one I'm going to guess in January might give me 10 days. Yeah. And in January when you're on, I'm not on great money, far from it. But it's like, I know this this coming January, I've got a car to retest. I've got an insurance premium to yep. pay. Yeah, you know, it's just bill on top of bill on top of bill, and then you're talking double what I was paying this time last year on electricity on top of everything else. These are ordinary things that are becoming unsustainable for so many families. These these aren't like luxury things. No. these are you know heating, food, electric. They're essentials of life on a roof over your head. Everyone is two paychecks away from being in real financial trouble. But at the way things are going at the minute, with the cost of living, it's it's off a cost of living crisis. It's everyday things. Go and have a look at how much a, a stick of butter is. Go and have a look at how much milk is, block yeah. of cheese, yeah. basic stuff. And then high kind of electric bills on top of that. Businesses are suffering all over the place. But residential people, especially people on, pre, on power meters, because we're paying a little bit more for it, surely a regulator... An energy regulator has to look at these price rises and say, are these justified, given the situation that we're all in at the minute? Yeah. Kevin, listen, stay well, stay warm and safe, and thank you. Thanks, PJ. Take care. See you. Cheers, Kev. Yeah, those power meters, prepay power meters, they seem to eat up your money. And Kevin sent us fabulous screenshots of all of his top-ups, and they just have started to last less and less and less and less. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local maze, savings with a smile, all through the Christmas season. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Maeve was on to us. You have a very, very, very valid point, Maeve. And I'm glad you make it. It's not a good idea to add to the fear old people are in as regards energy costs. Someone should go on the radio to emphasise that heating is essential for health and that using the stairs in the dark 
or pouring, pouring boiling water in the dark isn't a good idea. Lights don't cost too much. Old people are clasping on all this and getting obsessed with it to the decline of their health, physical and mental. You're absolutely right, Maeve, and thank you for making that point, particularly anybody. And you know what? If you know an elderly person and they're concerned about their electricity bill at the moment, the very kindest thing you could do for them would be go and get them some LED light bulbs and change any old-fashioned light bulbs that they have in the house to LED light bulbs. Because you know, that, you know the, the bulbs themselves are expensive. Hey, buy them a present of a couple for the kitchen or the front room or whatever you want to do yourself. But when you change those out, the cost of lights goes whew, way down. Way down. So, yeah, that you may, maybe you're dead right. And, and the light in the house keep on the light keep the house bright you'll fall and get a, you'll get a fall and you'll hurt yourself you're dead right Maeve you're dead right also they're not going to turn anybody off and nobody will be cut off this Christmas nobody will be cut off in January they've brought in this ban on uh, disconnections until what springtime and who knows, they'll do something else about that in between. We've got the credit coming in for the electric as well. And like I said, I'm not going to tell you how much my ESB bill was. God, I share too much here already. But I will say this. The first credit that I got for the electricity bill took a fine bite out of that electricity bill. And I'd be confident that the next one we get, next bill, I think, is due in my house in late January, early February, I think it'll take a fine chunk out of that as well. The gas, the gas, you just take your chances. You've got to keep the house warm. You've got to keep the house warm. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 but you're right, Maeve, you're right. People, elderly people, don't be afraid to heat your house. Don't be afraid to light your house. Put on your lights. Keep your heating on. It, it's more important to be cold and certainly important you can see your way around and not get a bad fall. Thank you, Maeve, for that. Very good. Very good contribution. 0818 96 96 96. Now, yesterday afternoon, the press were called to West Cork um, for a gather briefing on the Sophie Toscan du Plantier investigation. Uh, the 23rd December is next week. It's the day we finish up actually for the holidays. It was the morning of December 23rd, 1996. It was a Monday morning that Sophie Toscan du Plantier's body was found near her holiday home in Tourmore near Skull. Body found around 10 o'clock in the morning and from that day to this her murder remains unsolved and the case remains an open an active investigation. Uh, Maury Tuig from the Cork's 96FM newsroom was at that briefing in Skull yesterday and we'll, we'll catch up on it. But first, Maury, can I just touch upon this very tragic story from Balangiri overnight? Uh, one woman dead and two others injured. What more can you tell us? Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, very tragic accident down in Balangiri where um, a pedestrian in her early 50s was fatally injured as a result and uh, two other women also were injured and they've been taken to Cork University Hospital with serious injuries. They were both in their 40s and all three of those women were pedestrians. Now, the male driver of the car who's in his early 40s and his passengers were uninjured in this. It happened in the early hours of this morning at uh, a place called Drummond in Balangiri um, at about 
1, 10 a.m. this morning. And I suppose Gardaí are, are appealing for witnesses and anyone who has any information on this collision to come forward. It's, the guards in McCroom are, are looking after it. And what the county mayor has been telling me this morning, he understands that this woman was, was coming from her friend's funeral. So mm. really tragic news coming out of Ballingiri this morning. And, and again, if anyone does have any information or any witnesses, they can contact McCroom Garda Station. And the number there is 026 20590. You can also contact the Garda Confidential Line or you can contact any Garda station and any bit of information there would be greatly appreciated by Garda. All right, Maureen. 1 800 111, that confidential line. Now take us back down to, to West Cork yesterday. There's another appeal for information. I get the impression from listening to the guards that they know a heck of a lot more than they're telling us and they just need to pull a few threads together. Now I'm covering this since the day the story. Broke. Do you get that impression, Maureen? The guards are on to something, and this is why they brought everyone down to West Cork yesterday. That's it, PJ. I mean, they, they gave the line that they do believe there are people who have information but haven't yet come forward. And they use the, the line as well. They're 100% satisfied that somebody knows something and they want to hear from them. Now, I put the question to Gardaí. I mean, this is 26 years you know, is, what if this person's nervous, if they're afraid, they don't want to come forward with this vital information? And what the guardie said to me is, look, we treat it with the strictest of confidence, you know, and, and uh, Superintendent Joseph Moore said, you know, I'm available to anyone, you know, and, and they will treat anyone who does come forward with information in the strictest of confidence. And he also gave the line that you might think that what you know isn't really going to make any difference. But the guard said, let them make that decision. Anything that you have or that you know, bring it forward and, and tell the Gardaí um, and let them make the decision on whether it's it's important information, whether it'll help in the investigation. But that's the, the message from them. Let them make that decision. This is Superintendent Moore from, from Bantry Garda Station. Just a, a summary of, of what he was saying, uh, Maureen, here. As this investigation proceeds, we're seeking out new information, not previously known to us. And we appeal to everybody at this point who have information in relation to Sophie's murder not to assume that we know everything in relation to this case. Let us let come forward, give us the information that you have, and let us make the decisions on the information. I want to speak to any person who met, spoke with, or had any interaction with Sophie from the time she arrived in Ireland, both in Dublin and Cork Airport, on the 20th of December 1996, until our body was discovered at 10 a.m. on the morning of the 23rd of December 1996. I also want to speak with any person who was in the Tourmore area of County Cork between the 20th of December and the 23rd of December 1996. In particular, anybody who was driving the R591 or 592 on those days. If you haven't spoken to Gardaí already, please make contact with us. We need to talk to you. In particular, I want to establish the movements of Sophie Toscan de Plantia between 4.30 p.m. on the 22nd of December 1996 and on the following morning when her body was discovered at 10 a.m. Some person has knowledge of this period of time and we want them to come forward to Mungarra Shikana at this point. We want to know what exactly happened at her home and the grounds of her home during these hours. I believe there are people out there who have information in relation to Sophie's murder and who haven't yet spoken to Angara Shikana. We are in a position that we, I'm appealing to these persons at this point, 26 years later, 
to come forward and speak with our investigation team. It's important to say that the primary focus of this investigation is the victim, Madame Sophie Descondeplantier, her family and the investigation team, to gather all available evidence uh, to bring this matter to a positive conclusion. Maureen, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to guards longer than you are, shall we say. And I get a sound from Joe Moore there. We just need to pull threads together. That's it. And that was the, the feeling yesterday as well. Now, there was the question put to Gardaí, like, why now? You know, why today? Obviously, yesterday. And they said, why not? You know, there is no sell-by data on this investigation. And they spoke about, you know, Sophie Toscondi Plante's family. I mean, her, her son has been without his mom for 26 years. You know, her grandkids have never had the opportunity to meet their grandmother. So you really made that emotional appeal to people. If you do have any information, do come forward. And they were saying that they're identifying witnesses now nearly on a weekly basis. There's witnesses they need to interview in France and in the UK as well. So They'll be working on that. And then as well, um, working in tandem with them is the the review team. So it's the serious crime review team. And Superintendent Des McTiernan was in school yesterday as well. And they, that team is based in Dublin, but they're down in Bantry once a month. They come down for a few days. They discuss the case. And once their review is completed, what they're going to do is they're going to provide um, a set of recommendations, realistic and achievable recommendations to the investigation team. Um, and, and they're going to provide that. Now, he couldn't give any timeline on when that review is going to be completed, but he said that it's going to positively impact on the investigation. So that review oh. is working in tandem with uh, with the the investigation into the, the murder of Sophie Toscan Duplantier. But you heard there about, he mentioned two roads there, the 591 and the 592. So the OR591 is between Ballydy Hob and Goline and the 592 is between Goline and Durris. So those are the two roads that they really want to know if if anyone had any sightings of Sophie Tuscondi Plantier in that timeline from December 20th to December 23rd mm-hmm. uh, to, to make contact and to let yeah. Gardino. You know. Who, who so, physically saw her last in the vicinity of her home and when? Absolutely. And and she'd hired a silver Ford Fiesta car, um, 96C14459, and travelled to the Mizzen Peninsula. And she stayed uh, there for the next few days. And that's when she arrived into Ireland from France. That was on the 20th of December. She'd arrived into Dublin Airport, then came down to Cork Airport. And uh, she'd arrived there at 2.30 p.m. But but that time again, the between 4.30 on the 22nd of December and uh, when her body was discovered on the morning of the 23rd of December at 10 a.m., they want to know if somebody who has knowledge of where she was um, or any information on her whereabouts in this time uh, to come forward to Gardaí and to let them know. And as I say, they really made that emotional appeal, you know, that yesterday was very much about uh, Sophie Tuscan-Duplanty and her family. And and they said they, they want to you know, they're going to work to, to a conclusion on this investigation. Obviously, they can't promise that they're going to, to bring somebody to justice, but that is their hopes. And they, they feel that they owe it to the to our family to, to bring someone to justice and, yeah. and to bring files to the DPP and, and bring a, a case against someone. Yeah. There was, again, the, the appeal for anyone with anything that even no matter how inconsequential you think it is. Uh, come forward and tell us and we'll be the judge of that, was the sense coming from Gardaí. I suppose, from my point of view, uh, I have a, a local team working here on this. We're working on a very confidential basis. People can come forward to us in confidence. I'm personally available to anyone to come forward uh, on a confidential basis. Uh, I want those people to come forward. As Superintendent McTiernan said, you have to put them in the, in the, the shoes of Sophie's family today. 
uh, you know, her grandchildren have never seen their grandmother. Her son is without his mother for a long number of years, since he was 15 years of age. You know, it's time that they came forward. It's time they gave us that information. And I can guarantee them they will be treated in a confidential way. Okay. 26 years on, Maureen. I was here the day the body was found. I got a call. I was going out the door at 10 to 2. I never thought that 26 years later we'd still be wondering what exactly happened that day. And another thing, PJ, I suppose in those 26 years, we've had a lot of advancements in forensics as well. And that was another question that was asked. And they said that they'd be foolish not to consider forensic developments and they're not going to miss a forensic opportunity. And there have been books and documentaries and many, many documents written about this. Did you get a sense that we could be on the brink of something in 2023 if this if if, if this appeal works, Maureen? I think that was the, the sense, like, because, you know, I suppose when, when you're brought down to, to Skull on a, you know, coming down, there there was a lot of, of Gardaí there um, when I walked into the room. And there was definitely a sense that, you know, there's a lot of work going into this and, and that you would be hoping that there will be some development that maybe this appeal will reach the right ears and the the person that does hold that vital information definitely got the sense that the Gardaí were very satisfied to think that somebody does have mm. information that will help them, as you say, to, to get that missing link, to connect it all together and, and hopefully um, bring this to, to a conclusion and get that justice. Um, and that's what the, the Gardaí said they owe it as an organisation to to bring, you know, to, to bring justice for Sophie Tuscan Duplantier okay, and Maure- to bring this perpetrator to justice. All right. Maureen, thank you very much. Maureen Tuick from the 96FM newsroom who was in Skull yesterday for that press conference. I've, I've read the books. I've interviewed the writers. I've watched the documentaries. I've interviewed the makers of those documentaries. I've followed this case since day one. And I've been doing this job a long time. And I've listened to many a gather press conference. And what I got a sense of from watched on the telly last night, listening to the recordings of it this morning, and Moraid's impression from being there and reading the newspapers, I get the impression from the guards, they're telling us, we know, we know, we just need that little nugget of proof. And we're reaching out because we know it's out there. I, I really do get that sense. Thank you, Maureen. 0818 If you have any information, if you're listening to us in West Cork, or if you're from West Cork and you've heard something over the years, it doesn't matter how small or inconsequential it might seem. If you're from West Cork, if you were around there at the time, if you know anybody who knows anybody who knew... If you were in a pub in Skull in in, in July of 2005 or whenever and someone just mentioned something in passing in con- conversation ring the guards and tell them the Bantry Guard the station is 027 20860 and the guard the confidential is 1800 we're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas! With your local mace. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Talk about Simon and how under pressure they are at this time of the year, and they really are doing their level best for everybody. Thousands of you are getting together 
every day this month as well to help them by doing your Christmas Jumper Day. You can do it online, at work, at home, in school, wherever you want to do it at all. We've our one here in 96FM tomorrow. I must go and dig out. I have the best Christmas shirt in the world ever. I must uh, dig it out and maybe run the iron over it tonight for tomorrow. Uh, And just... Go on to simon.ie, corksimon.ie and get a, a pack and then join us in fighting homelessness in Cork because nobody wants a child to be homeless on Christmas Day and the work of Simon continues. And in fact, we'll be talking to Paul Sheehan from Simon on tomorrow's Opinion Line with a few questions for him on the ongoing situation. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we heard a story about a house in Ballincollig that was ruined at the weekend after a frozen pipe, oh God, a frozen pipe burst in the attic. The carpets and the beds and the curtains are all ruined. A couple have had to move downstairs to sleep until the insurance has an opportunity to review the damage. And it's happening already and we have a few cold nights ahead of us and it's not warming up much by day. Dave Gibbons, plumber and friend of the Opinion Line. Dave, good morning. PJ. You're being, good morning, PJ. How are you? How are you, bye. You're being called out for, for, for oh, burst pipes? I am. Yesterday, I'd say it was the worst day we had in 12 years. Because normally you don't get as many burst pipes over a frosty period, you know. Yeah. But you see, it was so intense with the fog that never lifted. Pipes froze and people got excited, but there was a lot of... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Family time yesterday around the city. I got drawn myself a few times because yeah. I it this morning. Very damp already yesterday, right in the late afternoon. One thing I noticed about a, a well-insulated attic, Dave, for example, you insulate your attic for obvious reasons, but you go up you do. there and it's as cold as outside. So that's dangerous for pipes. It is, you see, but the modern day, we said the modern uh, insulation job done with the SAI, they do all your pipes and they do everything, you know. Mm. But there's still a lot of old, even though your attic is insulated, and if it's not done properly... 
or up to standard, we'll say, it's a good idea to leave the trap door open in the attic to leave a bit of heat up there. Right. Okay. And that t- it thaws things out a small bit. It won't get you won't get a bad burst, and you mightn't get any burst, you know. But yeah, the most important thing is I'm saying for years, people should know where their water is turned off. Yes. Now, especially now with these new stopcocks you have on the road outside your house, the one with the black box. All you need is a screwdriver to lift it up and switch off the valve. It's only a quarter ton, and it's well worth knowing where that is. Right, right. At least then if you hear water, see water, switch that off. This, this is you where the infamous ahead. water meters... <laughs> That's right, yeah. Now, one thing about them, if your water does freeze, during the last freeze about 12 years ago, a lot of people put hot water into doors to tow the valve, you know. But what it did was it burnt the rubbers and the water then just burst up into the street. <laughs> that is, it's all, that's a no-no. But you should know where your water's turned off. I know you forget about it. Mm. But a mental block in your head, I know how to turn off the water. Yes. Another good one is to leave the heat on longer and turn down the thermostat on the boiler. In other words, if you've run for two hours in the morning, we'll say three or four hours at night, Mm. Leave it run longer, but lower the temperature. Mm. Now, on the front of most boilers, there's a little dial. and There is. is. Is it a case, Dave, that if I turn that down by 50% or 30% and I can let my boiler run longer, the cost will be the same, if not even lower? Lower, if anything. Really? Because, especially with the new boilers, there's one state, they heat up in minutes. Like, the new condensing boilers... If you put one into a new, uh, an old house, you could smell the heat off the reds again, the paint off the reds because they they heat so fast. And it, by turning that down, you save you save gas naturally, but you also have longer heat in the house because they heat up fast, but they go they go cold fast as well. If you if you know what I mean. Yeah, the reds. There's a there's a term I heard recently. Um, like you said, for these modern condensing boilers, uh, there's a thing called. The boiler flow temperature. What is that, and can you adjust it? Well, you can't adjust it, you see, because what happens to that is that you need so much water going through it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the thermostat, like if you if you're going to stuff like that, people will mess up the boiler. Okay. The thermostat dial on the boiler is the best thing to use. So Don't turn it down and leave it on. Turn it down and leave it on. Okay. And especially elderly people living on their own, they're afraid of. They're afraid to spend money on gas because it's so expensive. But as I said to the lady last Sunday, was inside in her house in Sussex, and I said, Mayor, there's no point in you dying and your, your family fighting over your money. Spend it while you're here. <laughs> you're, not wrong, you're not well, wrong, Dave. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I mean, and so the idea is if, if, if someone opened the boiler and that dial on the front that's easily accessible, turn it down by, even turn it down by what? By half? And then leave the heating on. Yeah, we'll turn it down by half, and then if, it, if that's hot enough, you're perfect. Very good. You know, depending on the insulation on your house, you know, but yeah. turn it down by half. Yeah, but we'll leave it run because you'll, you'll moderate heat in the house. Very good. Very good. Uh, another one, bleeding of rads. Um, should Yes. Like, that's for, for efficiency, if nothing else. For efficiency, it should be done every August, September. Is it too late and, to do it now? No, no, you can do it any time. Mm. But you see, there's two types of heating systems. There's one called the pressurized heating system, which is fed off the water mains. Mm. And you ha- if you vent your radiators, you have to open the valve under the boiler to leave fresh water in. Oh, this is the, the pressure bomb. The this is yes. the red pressure bomb. I have one of those upstairs. 
Yeah. Yes. And then the other one then is you have a heating off a storage tank so you can vent away without looking for any pressurised valve around the boiler. I see. So the advice is for everyone now, turn it down but keep it on. It'll keep it from freezing and keep your house warm. It will. And the attic, open the attic door small but leave a bit of heat up there. Right. You and, won't lose that much heat. Huh? And, and, and that notorious water meter that dominates so many programmes here, it might have a purpose now because you can use it to turn off the water. You can. And all you want is a screwdriver. Or if it's frozen, you might have to put a small drop of hot water on the top of it. Right. You get this ice in it. But a screwdriver, and anybody can turn it off. There's a white bar sticking out of this yoke, and you just turn it quarter ton, your water's gone off. But people should, you see, time goes by and people forget. Every August, September, early, vent your rads and turn on your boiler. Mm. A lot of people now haven't used their gas, especially gas, and it's so expensive at the moment. They wait for the last minute, and next thing the boiler is working, and then they're trying to get a service plan, which is impossible. Yes, yes. You know? Things like that. It's, I call it house maintenance, but we all forget it. We do. We do. I, I, we, I, got a, I got our boilers serviced back in early October and you wouldn't know the difference. You, you would know the difference. Like even when the guy was, was gone, I, I turned it on and it was incredible. A simple service for an hour. No, it's, it's worth it. Well worth it's it. Worth and it. my boiler my boiler's a few years old now, Dave. You know? Yeah, but you see, all the modern boilers now, you get a seven-year guarantee with them, you see. Yeah. But if you don't service them every year, every year you, won't, you won't have any guarantee. I got you. I got you. So for the state of 80 bucks, 90 bucks, Absolutely. get it serviced in September. Don't wait till the frost is on the ground because you won't get a service, man. All right. All right. But keep it, turn it on, turn it down and keep it on for this few days at least. Yes. All right. On. All right, Dave, thanks as always. Dave Gibbons, uh, plumbing and heating all his life. Uh, he knows it, so he does, knows it backwards. So turn your heating down, maybe even as much as... 40 or 50%, but leave it on and let the insulation in your house and the constant heat, let, let it do its job. Um, and it won't cost you as much as you think to leave it on all the time. Turn it down a bit and leave it on. It might even cost you less. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, meters, yeah. Um, Kevin's call. Kevin's call there before 10 on prepay power. And the screenshots that Kevin sent us of the cost of topping up over the last while. I agree with the caller on the air. Meters are nearly a tenner a day now. Gas is also the same, almost a tenner a day. I'm with Pinergy for electricity and board gas for gas. It's scary. I opted for meters so not to have the big bill. Same as the caller, Kevin. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is big. Uh, Paul, you know, McBarry is raising this this morning in the news about prepay power uh, and the cost of it and the worry people have. Paul, morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, you got your €200 Euro credit. I got, my, I got mine on the 6th of November and I put it in. And I checked it. I actually checked it this morning before I left. And there was €24 Euros left. That walks out at €33 Euros a week. God, that's right. good. That's good. Now, I'm I'm in a house with two kids who turn nothing off. Yeah. It's a four bed set, and I, I'm going around behind them, switch, switch, switch. But like, I, I'm just looking here at mine. There must be something up at his, his meter or something in the house because I'm going back to the 17th of August, right? Mm-hmm. Every seven days, 30, 30, 
2020, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, all the way up to the 6th of November. Wow. I have a hint, it brings me back to my 20, last 20 top ups. Yeah. Like, either he's using full on electric heaters to heat his house, or else there's, there's something up. Like, I remember years ago, uh, back in the 80s, my poor mother was played every two months. Now, let's go back to the 80s, £200. <sighs> Electricity bills. Wow, that was a lot of money back then. Like I come home, I remember coming home as a kid more times than not with the ESP turning off and electricity as kids. But it turns out, fifteen years later, the immersion uh, wiring was gone in it. So every time she was turning on the immersion, it was tripling up the electricity. Oh yeah, immersion, don't, don't talk about the immersion. The immersion is a form of torture, like, don't talk about yeah. the Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I remember, but, and she never got any recourse off that. Yeah. But, like, Diamond, as I said, no, that's since August, 30 quid a week, and since the 6th of November. Do you mind me asking, Paul, who's your provider? Prepaid power. Oh, oh, okay. So maybe maybe Kevin should should have a, have a conversation with them. Uh, because as, that's why that's why I sent it in. I'm looking at the exact. My, I have it on my phone. I top it up every week with on the phone. I don't use the card because I haven't got a card. I just have my account linked to the phone and the app. It's great. Right. I just top it up on the phone and go straight to the wall meter and go bing 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 and it goes. Okay. 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 Uh, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin will be listening at work. Paul, thank you for that. Uh, certain looks like something's amiss there in in Kevin's meter. Thirty a week. And he has a four-bedroom house, 30 quid a week, and kids who turn nothing off. Thanks, Paul. 0818 96 96 96. Also had someone listening to Geraldine Herbert who doesn't necessarily agree with her. And there was a lot of talk about dirty water. Speaking of water, a lot of talking about dirty water last night at the council meeting. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Controversial Scottish satirist and comedian Frankie Boyle is set to bring his lap of shame show to Cork Opera House in the new year when he plays the venue on Thursday March 23rd. Tickets are on sale now from the venue's box office and from CorkOperaHouse.ie Access all areas. Ollie Moores returns to Cork to play live at the Marquee as he tours the release of Marry Me, his first new studio album in over four years. He comes to Leaside on Friday June 9th with very special guest True Tides with tickets on sale now. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96FM The subject of water quality and water purity came up last night at the City Council meeting. Labour Party Councillor John Maher, you were, oh, he's not there, guys, he was to be online too. I'll go through some correspondence so you can get John back for me there. Kevin was back on to say, I have my top-ups in front of me. It was consistent till November. Costs have now gone through the roof since then. So when I stand on about what Paul was saying, hi PJ, not sure how your last caller's electric is so cheap. I've prepaid power too. We're averaging 40 to 50 a week since October and it's continuing to increase. But Paul was saying he's down to about an average of maybe 30, 35 a week with, with four kids, as he said, who, who turn nothing off. I would suggest a phone call. If you're worried, they check your meter out and whatever. 
I just listened to your expert on the electric cars and respectfully, I must absolutely disagree. This is Geraldine Herbert from earlier on. I'll come back to that message. There's John Maher back on the line. Thanks, guys. John, this came up at the council last night. Quality of water, purity of water. There's a lot of areas in, in, in the north side at the moment have dirty water. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are things? Um, yeah, yeah, you summed it up. I actually, the first thing I had to do uh, when I when I uh, called out my motion was apologise to my Southside colleagues because I didn't even I didn't even um, I didn't even consult them because the issue on on my own patch was so big. Um, but the the consensus across the board last night was that it seems to be an issue, you know, north and south. To be fair, um, but in particular in my own area, um, I've been in people. So I suppose the the motivation for my motion was that. Um, I've been calling to people's houses in, in Mayfield, Balavala and St. Luke's. Um, and in one of the houses, the, the gentleman invited me in. And when he poured his water from the tap, it was clear to, 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 to anybody, like, you know, but he put a tea towel down um, in the sink. And about five minutes in, from this clear water running on the tea towel, he lifted it up and the tea towel was brown. Wow. So there's um, my, my but, new particles in the water. Uh, Absolutely, you know, and this guy as well. There was another guy. Sorry, PJ. Another guy that had bought some uh, kind of measuring kits to ma- measure the quality of water, and his readings again, which he, sh- which all these people are sharing with Irish Water, they're sharing the videos, they're sharing what's coming out of their tap, you know, um, and they're doing it time after time after time. And I suppose where I get frustrated then as well is that when I happen to Balavalan is one of the areas, and that's where I live, so I know exactly what's happening because it's coming out of my tap as well yeah. Um, and then when you feed that in and it seems to be the generic answer back is that uh, you know run the tap and till it's clear now that's alright but then you, you're doing this day after day after day and then you hear people in Shanakeel people in Farnry so you know it's, it, this is a, it's, it's across the board and all I want as a, an elected rep is that show us the figures that tell us that the water is of a good quality. Mm. Did you and get any response back, John? No. So, so what happened last night, PJ, was that it was endorsed by council and now will go to Irish Water. Um, you know, so, so last night it was debated on the floor. Thankfully, it got cross-party support. And now we'll go to Irish Water um, and they need to come back uh, and provide us with those figures because it is something, again, PJ, like, you know, we, you would have covered it on your show with the cost of living crisis, I know we've got people buying bottled water, um, mm. and when we look at and when we look at, we're asking people to, you know, be clever with plastics, etc. You know, and then we're saying, well, no, you need to buy bottled water. No, we yeah. some of our most vulnerable that maybe don't know what's in their tap, and they could be still using the water. You know, maybe if you were elderly or if you have a baby, and you need to wash bottles and you need to prepare feeds. So it just it just given a lot of uncertainty, and the point being, and I think every uh, the other thirty elected reps on Cork City Council, uh, you know, I'd say you could extend it through Cork County as well. But we're all getting the 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 level of calls coming in now are not just an exception anymore. Yeah, yeah. You and know, this is has anybody that, gone to the trouble as you can do of analysing the gunk that's in the water? Well, that's that's what we're asking. Like you know, I mean, because where I'm coming from is is that. You know, if I was managing a, a utility, you know, and there was a constant complaint coming in, then I would hope that the management of that utility company are, are, are looking into what, what's, what's the cause of this. Um, and more importantly for me is that as an elector, I want to tell somebody that that water is okay to drink. 
Yeah. Because at the moment, it doesn't rest well with me when I, and again, there's nothing, I suppose I don't have scientific uh, kind of analysis, but from the houses I have been in mm. and from the stories and the photos that have been shown, that have been shown to me, but all of these have also, any person I've dealt with has communicated with Irish Water themselves also. And they're getting nothing so back. It's, and, it's and the, it, it, run the tap, run the tap, you know, well, that, that well, can't well, be the only solution. Well, it's the man you went to see, John, who did run the tap and the water is, as they say, clear as gin coming out of the tap and then yeah. you put a white tea towel under the floor for a few minutes and it starts to turn brown. Something's not right. No, no, absolutely, something is not right and, and it needs to be addressed, you know, because... Again, when you have that uncertainty over a lot of people, mm. um, it's just not right. And again, I don't think it's the best way to do business, you know. And, you, you know, water is, is it's a basic need, PJ, you know. Every, we use it, I mean, we use it to wash, we use it to, you know, to eat, to shower. It's, we use it to wash our clothes, you know, we use it mm. to feed our animals. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's so important. And I think the, and the problem is now, is that this is time and time and time and time again. And it's not just one house or two houses. These are estates, and there are estates across the whole of... You know, in particular, my experience has been across the north side, but again, from talking to councillors last night, that also is extended on across the water as well. And what does the motion ask Irish Water to do? It's to carry out a water quality check. Um, on, 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 again, and I named the, the specific areas, but I would, and I said I'm, well, the motion was open to amendment, is that if we need to put out across Cork City, let's do it. But we, we need to stand over um, the quality of the water. And when, 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 when constituents come to us time and time again, mm. um, and you could say, yeah, the water now is in the control of Irish water, but they still, um, they still need to answer to the public, number one, because they're providing the service to them, but they do need to they, yeah. they do need to answer to the local authority and the local elected reps, and not just to tick the box exercise. And yeah, we look into it. Um, this is far more serious now. Right. Um, you know the examples are all there. And and again, what I would urge any of your listeners is that if you do have a complaint, make sure you log it. Don't take it for granted. Don't think that you know the local. Rep, I would say power in numbers. Okay. And the more of these complaints that go in, that they're, they're logged, and then we've a bigger we've a bigger case. Yeah. Um, with the bigger case kind of gathered against them, um, and they do need to take it seriously. You, you, you mentioned you mentioned people buying bottled water, and like you said, the cost of living crisis. That's the last thing you want people doing. Also, out in the county, you have places like I had a Kilavolan, McCroom, boil water noses here, there, boiling water in this uh, and at, at the moment. But should boiling the kettle one of the most expensive things you can do in the house? All right, John, when do you expect a result back from this? PJ, I would be hoping early in the new year that we do get something, you know what I mean? Well, well put it this way, um, going, on the, going on the appetite from the elected reps last night is that this is not going away. And, and genuinely, I think that we're, it's, very, it's very rare that you get us all on the one. On the it one. is that. It is <laughs> that. You normally couldn't agree on what biscuits to have, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but in fairness, I think we're very united on this one. And this is, about, this, is about all, this is about every person in Cork, you know, that they can have that, they can have that certainty that the water they're using is safe and All right. good quality. All right, John, it's one we'll keep in touch with uh, and into the new year when you get the results back from Irish Water or the report back from Irish Water. It's one we will follow. Thank you, Labour Councillor John Maher. If you have dirty water anywhere on the north side or on the south side, that's a very interesting experiment that that constituent did of John's where he held a white tea towel under the tap for a few minutes and it began to turn brownie black. That's not right. <laughs> 
The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we get a lot of communication since I've been talking to Geraldine Herbert about electric cars uh, in this particular cold weather. Kevin and Mike uh, talk to you both. Also, Mark wants to talk about the cold in general and Mick wants us all to come into town. They're all queued up. If you get in now, if you want to talk about that, now you get in on 0818969696. We'll We'll get you in too. But we did have a message back. Um, I drive a new electric Nissan Leaf. Cost me 42,000. Range, according to the manufacturer, 277. Actual range, closer to 225. But here's the problem. For a 60-kilometer journey each way, 120 in total, the car battery burns 220 in the cold for that trip of 120 disaster. Sometimes they're charging twice a day. Also have an automatic diesel. There's no comparison. The diesel is miles and miles better to drive and way more cost effective and convenient. In my opinion, smaller electric cars are only for people that do very little driving. The best electrics are the Mercedes and BMW and Volkswagens, but they're way, way, way too expensive. Some of those big cars going 60 to 100 grand. It looks like the smaller electric cars are a problem problem in this kind of weather. Kevin, you're driving one. What's your experience? Morning. Hi, good, mo- good morning, PJ. First and foremost, I have to disagree with what you were just saying about small car, electric cars not, not, not being any good. I think on any car, you have to work out what is your sort of range requirement. We live outside Cloyne mm. and our trips would be up and down to Cork and around East Cork and to Kinsale and back and places like that. And even last year from Cloyne, we were happily able to go to Clonakilty and back and still had a range of 100 kilometres afterwards. Mm. So I, know, sh- I should say, it, Kevin, I've never driven one. I've never yeah. driven an electric. Um, I never tried it. That was just a message we got in from someone yeah. who's driving a Renault Zoe. Your experience is different. Yeah, we, 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 we love it. I mean, we, we have a, a, a cash cow petrol for long trips, going to Kerry or going to England or stuff like that. Mm. But we, we would use Zoe for 90% of our, our mileage, and we have never in four years once experienced range anxiety. Right. It has this regenerative braking. Now, explain how yeah. that works. Okay, fine. Your question earlier this morning was driving in icy conditions. And in a normal car, as you know, you would sort of change down gear, but you wouldn't actually brake. You mustn't brake. Mm. So yesterday in the really icy conditions, um, what, what happens in, in, in an electric car, you have to drive slightly differently to a normal car because when you're coming to traffic lights or anything, you take your foot off earlier and the regenerative braking clicks in and it starts generating electricity as the car slows down. Now, yesterday, in the really icy conditions, by taking my foot off the accelerator and the letting the regenerative braking come in, the car slowed down really, really nicely without me having to brake, and therefore I didn't have problems on the ice. 
I see. Okay, so it starts to... Yeah, and it's, it's, it's engine braking is what we learned. Us manual drivers of old-fashioned engines, we learned engine braking. So, so, so that is exactly what you're doing with regenerative braking. Because if, if an engine, if an electric motor is going forward, it's an electric motor. If it's going backwards, it's actually a generator. And so the moment you take your foot off the accelerator, you're actually generating electricity. Mm. But, and are but you charging the, the battery at the same time? 100%. Well, not 100%, sorry. You are definitely, I mean, in, in any trip, um, you come and you find out how much electricity you have actually used, but you also find out how much electricity you have generated. Oh. This, of course, this is an old thing. When I did physics long ago with Noli Brett in, in Creastry, he tried to explain back EMF to me. This is the reverse generation. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. So driving in the ice actually helps to charge your battery. Uh, totally, but, you, but just uh, as, we, as we both know, you mustn't touch the brakes. Yes. But the, but the car, it slows it down exactly the same as changing down gear. I have you. I have you. Kevin, thank you. As I said, I've never driven an electric, but Kevin is driving one the last four years, and that's how you do it. Just take your foot off the accelerator in the cold weather, and the car will do the rest for you. Thanks, Kev. Mike? Hey, James. How are you, bye? How are you doing? Not too bad. This is Mike the Farmer here I was talking to last week. Yes, you were. Well, I forgot to mention, you were on about minis, right? Minis. You wouldn't do much farming now in an electric car, would you? Ah, uh, come here now, lad. I will, you won't put much of the cattle box and you'll kill it. Oh, I know A quick fact was, the first electric car, roadworthy car, were actually the three Mini Coopers that were in the Italian job. In, that was, on, in, it was a 2009. In the, in the film? Italian, in, the, in the film, they were the first ever roadworthy electric cars because the filming crew were not allowed to put petrol or diesel cars down the, the train, the, tra- the railway scene in the film. So they were the first ever electric cars. Yes. Crikey. And they were they were the first one. Well, actually, no, go back further than that, Mike. Oh, no, no, but no, but full road worthy, if you know what I mean, full road, the proper ones like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you remember the old-fashioned milk floats, every milkman in the country drove an electric. Yeah, is that like dude? Is that like uh, is the doodle or goodle? Do you mind if it's from Father Taylor? No, 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 I'm not. No, no, it's not. It's true. Ernie drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Come here, how are the farm animals doing in this weather? Cold. Very cold. But no, no, not too bad. They're all inside, which is a little grind. Look, we're going to get it anyway. It's, 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 it's a bit milder now. Like yesterday was fairly bad. Yeah. Well, a bit sleepy, but I'm sure you hit the idea. It should be great. I mean, another gap, another gap to put a gate on. It'll be great. <laughs> Go on, you better, Mike. Thank you, Mike the farmer. Yeah. Th- 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 like electric cars and electric lorries and electric this and that and other, they're not new. Like, I mean, back in the old days of the milk float, which you might have seen, certainly in England, you still see some electric milk floats. I, I don't know if we ever had electric milk floats here, but we're talking the 70s here. When the milkman came round in the little electric float. Some traffic news. We know not why. We don't know why. Uh, if we can find out, we'll certainly tell you. But Cars Hill has been blocked off in both ways by the fire brigade. So fire brigade out there at the moment blocking Cars Hill in both directions. Suggest you find an alternative. If you are coming to Carrigline from Douglas, you would be best... Hey, you live there for 10 years and learn these things. If you are going to Carrigline from the Douglas side, your best bet now would be, I would suggest, to go to the back 
village, Douglas West, go up the hill, past the school, and just follow the hill all the way. And that'll bring you down on the other side of the hill uh, towards Carrigline if you need to get there. Same coming back if you're coming out of Carrigline towards Douglas, just turn off there and take that back road up. But Cars Hill blocked off in both directions currently by the fire brigade, although at the moment we know not why. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. The Improv Panto is back and now on at Cork Opera House. It's probably, definitely the greatest show that ever graced the Opera House stage. Ever. Oh, it was brilliant. It's so good. I'd go every night if I could. <laughs> uh, Laura, aren't you in the show? That's just you putting on gammy accents, like. Yeah, but, like, it's also true, like. <laughs> yes, she's biased. However, we can confirm that thousands of you love the improvised panto each year and are thrilled it's back. Not for smallies, this laugh-out-loud show is made up on the spot. Don't miss the hilarious Improv Panto this December. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie The Improv Panto with Cork's 96FM Please don't spread pub talk nonsense about electric cars. It's not accurate. The Nissan Leaf is a poor quality electric car and always was. Please don't tar all electric cars with the same brush. All petrol cars are different. All diesel cars are different. And all electric cars are different. It's easy to be tempted to spread, as this person says, pub talk nonsense. Okay, all right, that's us told. Uh, yeah, although I drive and I, my little runaround thing that I bring to work and park on Patrick's Hill and all that is a little Dacia Sendero, and I got it a couple of years ago because I wanted a small little thing for coming into town and going to work and all that. And I'll tell you something. They're afraid of petrol. It's afraid of the stuff. Like even when it was half a week's wages for a litre of petrol, I was still getting away with it, you know? Um, and I wonder what electric car you can boast that about that is afraid of the charge button on weather like this. But I take your point. Thanks. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we're all complaining. Well, sorry. Some people are complaining about the cold. I love the cold. I love this cold weather. But this morning is the kind of weather I hate. That old damp, half cold, give me the frost anytime. I'd prefer to be in plus three, sorry, I prefer to be in minus three and dry and sunny than in plus three. And that kind of cracked us out there. Now, it just. Mark got in touch because Mark was in the building trade and the construction business all his life and he worked. In Antarctica, I think, a few years back, uh, building in Antarctica, and you think it's a different, entirely different kind of cold. We are just not used to it here. Morning, Mark. Morning, PJ. Yes, it's basically there's zero percent humidity. Hmm. You know, you could leave a car out there on the ice. Apart from the uh, the petrol lines and everything else freezing, you know, once they're defrosted, it would start straight away because it's zero percent humidity. Mm. What I've learned over the years, you know, I mean, I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Australia, America, Germany, and what I found 
over the years is, is that island, you know, because it rains so much. Yeah. When we get this weather at this time of year... At the moment now, the humidity here is about 90%, 80 to 90% humidity. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's why Ireland is riddled with arthritis and rheumatism and tell things me like about that. it mate tell me about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 the nature of you know we're on the atlantic yeah we have all these different currents flowing even though we do have the gulf stream coming all the way from south america yeah. sometimes that only ends uh, serves to confuse matters but were you saying that like in minus 20 or minus 30 in antarctica Mm-hmm. bitterly cold but are you saying that it's more it's it's less uncomfortable than it is here in Cork yes I do I do I was building an extension on a scientific base and <laughs> some days I'd be up there in a pair of shorts and a vest and the scientists would come out of their offices after doing their observations on whatever they were doing from glaciology to meteorology to this that and the other mm. and they'd be taking pictures of me and i'd be sweating the weather here it's it's just damp so when it gets cold it just eats into the bones yes now once your feet are toasty your whole body's toasty once your feet and your head are warm yes the rest of your body Exactly, exactly. And like you said uh, about the woolly hat, they're not expensive either. So, yeah, it's basically the damp where we're living. It's the Atlantic. It's the weather conditions coming off the Atlantic. But it just makes the Emerald Isle the Emerald Isle. (laughs) Mark, yeah, <laughs> and that's a good point at which at which to leave it. But you're right. Keep the feet and the head warm for this few days, and it'll make a big difference to yourself and to your comfort. Exactly, exactly. And then you, you, it's it's just a normal day. Mark, thank you very much. Cheers, PJ. That's Mark. Yeah, Mark. Uh, keep the feet warm. I've, yesterday, whatever it was, yesterday I had my woolly hat on when I was out, and I was grand. Uh, but my feet were cold all day yesterday and I decided last night I'm not wearing them shoes again to different shoes on today my feet are grand it's grand it's, it, it, it's, all, it's all right though if your feet and your head are warm the rest of you just follow suits 0818 96 96 96 now some good news for Michael Collins fans you'll know there's a crowdfunding effort underway to get a Michael's Michael Collins statue built here in, in Cork City um, and and it's been going reasonably well. Tim Crowley is from the Michael Collins Centre Museum. Uh, Tim, good morning. Uh, good morning, Peter. A bit of news. Uh, well, we we, uh, we launched the um, the fundraising drive there recently. There, we, we, we formed a committee there a few months ago, the Michael Collins 100 Committee, and basically, I suppose, we've all one thing in, in common, uh, historians and so on. It, it's non-political, but we, we all have a big interest in Michael Collins. And um, Councillor Shane O'Callan managed to steer um, 
the motion to Cork City Council and it was passed there in, in September by uh, 22 votes to one. Yeah. Um, so they, they proposed that they would give us a site, a prominent uh, position in Cork City to place a Michael Conn statue there. So so the plan is we're going to fundraise um, to, to collect um, in the regional about €100,000 for the, for the statue and the, and the plinth. And then we will, uh, on the people who have contributed to the fund, we will present the statue uh, to Cork City Council and they're going to place it in a, in a prominent position on, on Patrick Street. Excellent. Have we any time frame for this? Well, we're hoping to, to unveil the statue next August. That's the, that's the plan. Um, it's lost to Michael Collins' 101st anniversary. That would be a good plan, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, we, we did it before. There's two uh, members of the committee, including myself, we were involved 20 years ago, uh, placing the statue down in, in, in Clonakilty. And uh, actually, the same sculptor, we we uh, commissioned uh, Kevin Holland uh, once more to, to make the new statue as well. And he, he, he created the one down in, in Clonakilty. Excellent. All right, good news. Good news for fans of Michael Collins. By August of next year, his 101st anniversary that statue should be complete and then it'll be uh, made available to the council to put it in Patrick Street. Thank you Tim, Tim Crawley we did talk to various people connected with that earlier on in the year he's got a bridge and he's got many other things, now he's going to have a statue in Patrick Street Uh, some would say the greatest Corkman that ever lived, or the greatest Cork politician and soldier and whatever you want to call him, that lived uh, Michael Collins I, we've got a couple of real big Michael Collins fans in the building here uh, at 96FM when we realised uh, at the anniversary, the centenary just how big some people's fandom of him is you do kind of wonder though when you think about Michael Collins you know if he hadn't been shot on that fateful day out in Bale and the Blah, just what he might have got on to achieve, eh? 0818 96 96 96. Uh, hi PJ, I topped up my meter on Thursday with 50 euro and Sunday it was down to zero. Topped up 30 euro, woke Monday morning with 9 euro left. Right now says I'm completely out. This is what, Tuesday at half eleven. I know it's minus two because once I top up it's frustrating and scary. That's from Anonymous in Yall. Someone wasn't up with that. That's okay. Those meters are very expensive. Kevin's call earlier this morning uh, and now we'd um, Paul, was it Paul? Paul did kind of say, no, actually it's different for me, but we've had more people coming down, Paul, on Kevin's side of this discussion then on your side of this discussion, for most people, these prepay meters are sucking money into them as fast as you can put it into them at the moment. Mark says try to move back away from a prepay meter. It'll cost you over €200 Euro to get out of it. Is that what you're saying, Mark? Ugh, that doesn't sound good. 0818 96 96 96. Now, it's 11 days to Christmas, which means most of the shopping will be done over the next eight or nine days. There will be the last minute dot comers running around at lunchtime on Christmas Eve or five o'clock on the 23rd. The last minute dot com merchants will be getting everything in, but most people will be doing most of the shopping this weekend and trying to think of that perfect present for the loved one or the one that you need to get something nice for. You got to have someone, something nice. It doesn't have to be expensive, just something nice for that, that, that special person in your life. I, I know someone for whom the most 
wonderful Christmas present that they ever gave a beloved auntie cost them two euro. It was a a holder for a wooden spoon. They found it in a hardware shop. And when you're making sauce or soup or anything like that, um, Auntie Kathleen used to put the wooden spoon down and it would fall on the floor and all this. So inside the hardware shop, there was this little holder that you sit the, yeah, two euro, you sit the wooden spoon into it. And yeah, my friend bought that for her Auntie Kathleen and Auntie Kathleen thought it was the greatest thing she ever saw in her life. So it doesn't have to be a very expensive Christmas present at all. With Richard went out into the streets of Cork in the last few days asking people what was the best and what was the worst. I told you earlier on this morning about one of my best was definitely the the stereo that I got as a kid, as a teenager. And the John Lennon record came with it. And I played it and played it and played it and played it. Another one of the best ones I ever got, geek that I am, is my wife uh, a number of years ago left a very heavy package under the Christmas tree. <laughs> it weighed about a stone. And I went, the bloody hell is this? Christmas morning, she slid it out to me and nearly put me back out, lifting it. But when I opened it, it was a thing called Kumar and Clark. Now, if every medical student in Cork goes, you got a what? Yeah. My missus, because I'm so fascinated with medical stuff and science and and do that, she bought me a Kumar and Clark, which is kind of the medical student's Bible. It's about five inches thick. And like I said, it weighs about a stone. But it's just brilliant. I have it at home. It has to have its own shelf. Just to break any of the shelf, we put it on. But that was another great favourite Christmas present of mine a few years ago. Worst... I'll have to do some thinking about that. So Richard went out to talk to people in the streets of Cork City about their best and worst. I think it was like hot chocolate, like from, yeah, hot chocolate. And then my best one was perfume. Yes. Probably socks. And then the best one was a voucher, one for all. The best was my tea set. It was a Magic Garden tea set. It was pink, polka dots. And the worst was... I've had no bad presents. They're lovely. It's my mom. She's probably not saying that she got what her worst present was because I might have got it for her. No. <laughs> my best present? I bought myself a Pandora bracelet. I was very good to myself. <laughs> my worst present was I once got a plastic sewing machine when I was about 13 and I was really hoping for something better. Best Christmas present ever. Golf clubs. Worst. Hoover. <laughs> A talking doll was the best, probably, when I was little. And the worst was the massage thingy that you bought me that gave me vertigo. (laughs) Best Christmas present, having family around, and worst, a pair of socks. My best Christmas present is probably uh, my PlayStation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, worst one's probably getting a box of deodorant. Yeah, a box of deodorant, trying to tell you your, you stink. So. I have to say, Willy Boots was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> my worst one was when my partner bought me a washing machine for Christmas. <laughs> Best one was having a family dinner on us. Years ago when I was a child, would have to be cups and saucers. Because everyone played in cups and saucers. <laughs> um, my favourite 
present would be my dog. My brother gave me a dog for Christmas. And uh, my least favourite, probably a pair of socks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Richard, for doing that. Socks. Yeah. Yeah, socks. 0818 I nailed down my daughter's Christmas present yesterday. She knows nothing about it. I, yes, yes. And I'm not telling you either. She listens at work. Not telling you. You'll find out Christmas morning. 0818 Hi, PJ. This is for the heating and trying to make the best out of your heating. Two hours on in the morning, turn off all the reds in the rooms that are not being used. You can keep the heating on in one or two rooms all day in very cold weather and then in the evening turn it on again all over the house for a few hours to warm the place up. Yeah, there's a bit of work in that though, isn't there? Going around, turning down, whatever. But Dave Gibbons was saying go up to the boiler and turn the thermostat on the front of the boiler. Turn it down by half and just leave the damn thing on all the time and you'll have plenty of heat in the house. Uh, a wood-burning stove, also very efficient. Uses just a few blocks of kiln-dried wood every day. No need for the costly bag of coal. If you have the right wood-burning stove, says Anne. Yeah, I've... Wood-burning stoves, oh my God, my, my sister has one of those. And they're fabulous. The heat off them is absolutely incredible. They really, really are fabulous. Uh, but it's a bit too late. In the, I mean, <laughs> sure, you won't get a wood-burning stove in this week. like. But for now, I think Dave's advice is great from earlier on this morning. Just go and get... Um, go up to your thermostat and turn it down to maybe two-thirds or a half of what it is now and then just leave the heating on until this weather calms down again. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six. 96. Uh, I'll hold on the break there, Eames, just to read this email first. Uh, again, on homelessness, Katrina Toomey, this is from Michael, Katrina Toomey is a wonderful person. It's a pity politicians and civil servants don't take a leaf out of her book. Her comment about humanity is so right. Sadly, I suggest neither politicians nor civil servants have an ounce of humanity when it comes to the less fortunate how many politicians or civil servants were out in the street last night assisting the less fortunate? I suggest none of them. They sit behind their comfortable desks and just build up their pension contributions. In relation to your interview with the Lord Mayor yesterday, PJ, I really feel it's time some journalist or media presenter would take a stand with any politician and say, enough bullshit, do something or force the civil servants to do something, not rely on voluntary organisations, and then say everyone will be taken care of. Best wishes, Michael. Thank you, Michael. It's a, it's a, it's a way to approach things. Deirdre Ford was on yesterday morning saying, look, she'll do what she can. She'll meet Katrina Toomey. Her officials are telling her there's a bed for everyone. We'll be talking tomorrow to Paul Sheehan from Simon, and I'll put that to him. Is there really a bed for everyone? The advice, or the, sorry, the, the evidence of people's eyesight, and that's the important thing, the evidence of eyesight, is that there isn't a bed for everyone. Uh, Con was on this morning, but that poor lad he found sleeping in a doorway in Yall, waiting for a phone call to see is he getting that he has disability and a free travel pass, so waiting to see is he getting the last bus to Waterford or the last bus to Cork for a place to bed down like what kind of existence is that for anybody and there are empty houses all over Yall 
there's another thing. 0818 96 96 96. Hold on, Mick. We'll come to you in a second. Mick is annoyed, a little bit annoyed with me, I think, about the weather, reporting of the weather. He says, it's grand. Come into town, please, and spend some money. We'll talk next. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Going to hear from Harry, Dermot, Adele. Picture this and tickets to next year's Live the Marquee could be yours on today's show as well. See you from 12 here on Cork's 96 FM. Mick, uh, the, the weather isn't too bad today. You're saying to people, come to town, we're open and businesses are struggling. Morning. Good morning, PJ. I can tell you now the way things are going. The people on the airwaves will do a fantastic work all the time, but you're going to keep the people out of the Cork City. I live on the west side of Banning College, up in the Heights. Yeah. And I can tell you, one of my workers work in Whitechurch. One has to walk down from Fairhill, another Dublin, another from Ned. And we're all have to go to work. Yeah. But people are afraid of their life. I had a man there where I got a customer. His wife was supposed to go to the South Infirmary for an 11 o'clock appointment. They cancelled it over the forecast. Yeah. They cancelled it over the forecast. They just told me there. They said, I was quite used there before you rang. Yeah. They're afraid to go out. The roads are perfect. Yeah, the, the roads, roads are, are in fairness, the roads are. The main roads, at least, even on a frosty oh, yeah, morning. Yeah. <coughs> I know the roads, the footpaths out yesterday morning and Sunday were a bit dodgy. Yeah. But, like, I mean, if people are going to be afraid. They're like, and I know people say, oh, Mick, are you open? We are. But, like, we're told I have to go out. I said, I have to go all the way from Benning College. There's no problem. We're open, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this I, I, I we hit this comes up all the time when we hear of like yellow frosted ice oh, mornings. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But the thing about it is, we have to take heed of them. But do you oh, think? God, yes. Do you think, yes. Mick, over the years? And I, you know, you you'd be a man of a, a, man of a certain vintage, as it were. Do, do you think seventy four? No, well, but didn't ask you to tell <laughs> me. But fifty six yeah. years this year. Good for you. Good for you. But Mick, do you think we've become a little bit afraid of the weather? We have. We have. We have. We have. I mean, long ago, PJ, people just got up and went out, whether it was raining or sleet or stone, and, and they got up and they had to get out in the story. I tell you something, we're mighty cuddly one another at the moment out. People are afraid to go out. Yeah, yes. I, I was know? listening to them at the weekend talking about maybe closing schools. I thought, what? Keep over, yeah, like? They get over, yeah. I mean, and like, you know, another thing, you know, like, I mean, trails used to the government at the moment. They'll have to look after the people with the ESP so people can afford to turn on the heating and things like that. And rightly so. Yes. And rightly so. So yeah. I said to people, put it on. And then if, the, if you have an extra bill, take your time with the ESP because exactly. say, I, I'm dreading my bill yeah. because I have the full heating on the back place and there's nothing there, only a cup of tea. Yeah. And then the heating's on the front all day. And if you're quiet, it's grand. You can turn off the heating when you're busy, PJ. But when, when it's quiet, you have to keep the heating on you to do. keep your hands warm and to keep your staff warm. You do indeed. You do indeed. Mick, Mick, you're telling people, come out. Businesses, town, town is open. The roads are fine. The buses are running. Get a bus into town. Wander around. Do some yes, shopping. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, get a, and, and, get, and get a haircut. Can be your best and worst Christmas present, seeing as we're discussing it. <laughs> uh, the best uh, growing up in Balling College it was uh, a, a gun and holster which ah. I discovered I, I discovered my uncle Francis Sullivan uh, Lord of Mercy he used to make slitters and all that kind of thing he was a, he was a genius but he did upholstery and all that and I did discover as we got older that uh, he was the sentiment behind the whole that and the worst I'd say ever was a jigsaw puzzle I hate jigsaw puzzles and even during COVID, my wife said to me, she said, will we buy a jigsaw puzzle? Really? Do marry us, I'd say. I'm going to the front room now and spend three hours looking at it. 
and I guarantee you, you won't find two or three pieces at the end, and you'll be lost. And do she just—I hate them. Do you, Mick? I do, yeah. I haven't done one in years, but I used to love them. Yeah, no, no I couldn't believe it. I looked at it, and I gave it to—I gave it to my uh, my younger brother, Gerald Lardamester, and he had—he put it together in about ten minutes. Yeah. And I said, yeah, thanks very much." I said. Got cellar tape, put her over it. I saw it's my modern father. I said, "Yeah, you ran outside. Look, I put that thing on." <laughs> That's gas. I, you know, I, I used to. I used to. I have a friend. I have a friend in in England, um, who absolutely loves them. And you couldn't get a bigger one. If you gave one with ten thousand pieces, she'd, she'd yeah. yeah, my brother-in-law, dear Fergus, and his wife Mags, they're the very, very same. Yeah. they love it, and they're out in Alicante, and I, I stay in their place. And I see the jigsaw puzzle outside there, and I dread it. I go away for a walk, and I go swimming. I said, I said Mary, hide that quick. I <laughs> come, here, come here before I let you go. Um, have you heard about Spice Buffalo? No. Uh, yeah, apparently that's the, new, that's the new crack now in Cork. Spice Buffalo. No, I ain't Spice Beef, no, Spice Buffalo. Would you try it? Yeah. I would. I, I, I try any kind of meat. The only thing I wouldn't eat is scuffs and kidneys. Oh, God, no. No, oh, no. I'd eat tripe and rasheen and all oh, that. No, no, no. I laughed, no. yeah, I was reading there last week on the, um, the Echo about uh, Riley's inside and uh, what they call it, around about the frying, the, some uh, guy inside in the English, the English market, some chef, and he's on about frying. Frying rasheen, yeah. Frying rasheen. My father used to do it all the time. A few mushrooms and rashes. Yes, to put that's a nice. I, I wouldn't have I, the boiled one at all, but the fried one is. Oh, I've had oh the I love, fried I one love it boiled. I love it boiled. And I, as a matter of fact, I ordered last week and I said to the girl, I'll be back in half an hour on the side. I forgot to go out and collect it, so I must go out tomorrow and get mine. Oh, <laughs> will you have the Will you have the turkey and, the and ham? Are you, are you traditional? Will you have a turkey? Oh, and I am turkey and ham. Turkey and ham in the story. Nothing, no, 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 nothing like it, and the gravy. And the gravy. Why is it the yeah. one time that we one time the, we put we put beef gravy on on poultry? It makes no sense, but it, it's it's just gorgeous. Make thank you, make Moriarty come into town. Spend your bit of money if you have it. Town is fine today. You'll get a bus in. You're better off trying to get a bus in, to be honest. If you have a good bus service, you are better off trying to get a bus in because parking is gone be damned. But that's a whole other thing entirely. 0818 96 96 96. Dylan Brickley, are you all set to busk for the penny dinners? Is he there for? But Dylan, are you all yeah. set? Yeah, I'm all set now. I'm very excited and look forward to Saturday. Yourself, your, your, yourself and, and Corey. Yeah, myself and Corey there, we've uh, organised um, a busking fundraiser for Cork Penny Dinners this Saturday outside Brown Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting at 10 o'clock now because we had so many uh, acts that wanted to actually perform and help really? out that day. Yeah, so there's, there's over 20 musicians playing on the day and uh, we're, we're after doing up a, a line up there, it's on our Instagram and Facebook. Um, each act is performing for like a half an hour. And, uh, oh, crikey, to... Dylan, I had no idea this was getting so big. So it's not just yourself and, and Corey. Oh. It was just myself and Corey last year, PJ, but um, this year, I know, there's just been so much interest. And we said uh, we'll try and do a whole day this time because last year we got rained off. It was, the weather was horrible. So hopefully now this year we'll, uh, we'll get a good day out of it. And we got some big acts playing as well on the day. Like, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, we have Roy Buckley. He, he said he'd help out. We got Gary McCarthy's crew, um, Mishnock and the Cabin crew. Was you joking me? We got uh, Miles Gaffney. We got we got a few rappers as well coming. Uh, Trigger is coming, and we got uh, the High Horse Choir. I can't mention all of them now, but they're, but they're 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 mentioning them. Well, I, I, I tell yeah, you yeah. now, Dylan. The forecast for Saturday uh, yeah. in 
a fairly reliable app that I've been using for years called Dark Sky and I think Alan O'Reilly was saying it as well this morning from yeah. Carlo Weather Saturday looks alright Saturday looks, looks alright mostly mostly dry cold yeah, but yeah. mostly dry and clear for the day so it should be okay for you that's, that's a good. fantastic lineup. yeah I can't wait no it's going to be good and uh so it's going to be good for the families as well. That's inside in town, you know, just doing a bit of shopping and to be able to listen to a lot of music, you know, and a lot of, lot of people busking Cork anyway, so they'd be fairly, they'd be known around the place, so yeah. it'll, be, it'll be great, you know. Come here, best ever, best ever Christmas present? Um, I'd say it was definitely Oasis tickets back in 2009. Yeah. It was the last concert, so they were playing up in Slane Castle. My dad uh, brought us up there and... Uh, we stayed, we stayed in his van for the night. It was great crack. Brilliant. Uh, last away to kick. I'd love to see him again if they ever got back together. Yeah, they, I, I, they, they barely even talk, so I can't imagine them performing together again. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I wonder, do they really hate each other as much as they say at the end? Uh, yeah. And your worst present was what? My worst, I'd say, would, would be... Um, about two years ago there, I got an electric razor for Christmas, and uh, I just thought it was... Uh, the worst present because I, I, I actually can't grow a beard so I was pointless <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I still and I still can to this day so alright yeah, uh, no Dil- Dylan listen good man and that's a fantastic lineup all day Saturday outside Brown Thomas in Independent Dinners Dylan and Corey and a cast of dozens and can I just mention as well my pal Gary McCarthy GMC is off on his way at the moment as we speak to Doha uh, to support a pal of his who's having his first gig. I'll tell you more about that maybe tomorrow. But they've gone over there. They were asked to go over to the World Cup, people from the Cabin Studio, over to the World Cup to support one of their MCs over there. Like, this is the Cabin Studio. You could do a whole programme on the success of of the Cabin Studio. And maybe we will sometime in 2023. You'd never know. 0818969696. PJ, I'm surprised you never drove an automatic. It's all you get in America when I lived there. There's nothing to it. Forward, reverse, park. No clutch. It's like a golf cart. Shouldn't even need a license to drive one. And that says, Jer. Well, I've never driven a golf cart either, Jer. <laughs> that and plenty more to come back to, including someone who doesn't like wood-burning stoves and was giving out to me for mentioning them. That and plenty more. Tomorrow, program edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. See you then, just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local maze, savings with a smile, all through the Christmas season. Santa baby. For non-stop Christmas hits. Non-stop Christmas hits. My Christmas present for you. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss. Streaming online now. With Blackpool gift cards. They're the best with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping. Pure Christmas. Pure Blackpool. Download our app or see 96fm.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.